Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, co-host Justin Baker in studio. No more Skype. We threw it out. We threw it out. We threw it out. Yeah. Uh, how's it going, Justin? Uh, good. How about you, Mark? Uh, you know, I'm in a cast. Yeah. You know, my arm, it's hard for me to type. Can I ask you, did you pick blue on purpose? Yes, I did. Okay. They said, what color would you like? I said, how about like a dark blue? They said, all right, yeah, we can do that. Beautiful. Hey, you don't want pink? I said, no. No, none of this. No. Uh, no, no pink. Uh, you know, I, for the life of me, can't, I, I understand, you know, the, the NHL fights cancer, all that. And they do the, those like pink jerseys beforehand, you know, they wear them in the practice and it's the, the breast cancer stuff. And yeah. I can't for the life of me figure out who actually buys those jerseys and for like 500 bucks. Yeah. They, they don't they auction them or like, sell them for charity? Honestly, just give, just, if I'm giving money for it. Just I don't need the jersey. Just keep my money. I don't want that. I don't want that. I'll buy thing. it if it's autographed. Yeah, yeah, and then sell it again. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so ugly. Why? Why don't they make the? Why don't they just make it have like a patch on it? Make it be. Make it look like a nice jersey with a patch instead hmm. of a pink jersey. I, just, I do like the goalie helmets though. Like Jimmy Howard, I watched him the other day. He's got like a purple, yeah, pink okay. helmet. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And that's fair. The, the goalie helmets are cool. Well, so on today's show, we are going to uh, we're going to just kind of talk NHL. We've got a we've got a trade. You know, as Gary Bettman would say, we we have a trade. Uh, that's a really good was impression. That, was that pretty decent? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Strom traded to the New York Rangers this time. Uh, he goes back to New York in exchange for Ryan Spooner. So we've got the Ryan's the Ryan deal, and uh, then of course we'll just you know Edmonton Oilers may fire Todd McClellan at any point. He might already be fired by the time you're listening to this. There's a good chance. Uh, I think I've seen a few Twitter accounts saying, you know, oh my sources tell me he's done by the night by the end of the night kind of thing. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, definitely, in my mind, not not his fault. But we'll we'll talk more about that. And then, of course, just uh, you know, the standings right now are confusing. My my preseason predictions are in big trouble. <laughs> if I had put money on what I said, yeah, mine too. Uh, I don't know why the New York Rangers are why New York Rangers games are important right now is is like my is mind boggling to me because they're supposed to be rebuilding. And somehow this team is second place in the Metro, albeit one game over 500. If you actually look at, you know, just purely wins and losses, I think they're one game over 500. And then uh, everyone else is 500 or below in that division. So it's been pretty rough. And uh, just if you're thinking, no, 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 they're like 10, 10, 8, and 10, or whatever it is. Like, no, I count those overtime losses as losses because you lost. You, yeah, you get a little free point. You get the the charity point, but it was a loss. You lost the game. Uh, okay, uh, but before we do all that, I actually have a uh, have something that I didn't tell you about. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So, uh, as for those of you that maybe you missed some some episodes in the past, or this is the first time uh, you're listening to our show, which is is great. Justin and I have been recording. I think this is episode ninety four today. So we've been re- we've been doing this for. Uh, over a year now together and we've known each other for a long time and uh, for those of you who don't know I just got engaged and so in this moment I'm going to ask Justin to be a groomsman in my wedding really so Justin you want to be a groomsman in my wedding I absolutely would love to all right all right perfect okay hockey (laughs) let's get back to hockey (laughs) yeah no okay cool so Justin's going to be in my wedding everybody you heard it here fantastic if he backs out it's recorded 
can I have the inside of my tux jacket or whatever like lined with red wings? Oh, a- absolutely. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, you can you can line you can line it. That, I'm that not going to do okay. that. That would be way too expensive. Actually, ironically, the dresses I didn't had I had nothing to do with this, but the dresses are dark blue. Dark blue. Nothing to do with. I mean, it's like a, you know, like a. It's not a maple leaf scarlet color, but no, but but it is close. It's blue. It's close. <laughs> Uh, and so, you know, I'll, I'm doing my best to push for a Stanley Cupcake. Hey, now when they do that, uh, what is it? Something old, something borrowed, something new, and something blue. Maybe you try to get her to yeah, wear some maple go. leaf socks or uh, something. Yeah, I, I got, I got some. Uh, I'm sure that I have something somewhere. All right. All I'll, right. Yeah, that's something blue. It's got to be. It's got to be maple leaves for sure. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, now that we've, you know. I felt like I needed to do that on the show because why wouldn't you? Uh, let's talk about this Spooner Strom trade. The RS RS for RS. RS for RS. Uh, what was it? What's your What's your uh, your initial reaction to this trade? Well, first off, uh, how badly it looks for Edmonton just because of the the whole fact that you gave up Jordan Eberle to to get Strom over here to bring in another centerman, and Eberle looks looks pretty good. In the island, and yeah, yeah. Strom looked like a complete bust in Edmonton. He had an okay season last year. I think that they brought him in, you know, initially thinking, okay, hey, maybe this guy can play with McDavid, and they were going to put him on his wing, and then that didn't work out. So then they thought, well, we can put him at center, and that didn't work out. So then they put him on the wing, and he really just didn't work out as a player. No, not at all. And uh, he really didn't work out near, with the Islanders either. And so I don't know why he'd work out with the Rangers. Yeah, and from a financial standpoint too, they basically have you know they're less than a million dollars off from each other. So well, and and yeah, and the, they made up the difference. Or like eight hundred thousand. Yeah, was was taken by the Rangers. So yeah, it was. And to me, Ryan Spooner is has more upside. He's the better player right now. Uh, he hasn't played great since he got to New York. But I liked how he was playing when he was in Boston last year, and you know he was he was a part of that Rick Nash trade, right? And so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that him coming to Edmonton, he has an opportunity now. Can he play on Connor McDavid's wing? That's going to be the biggest question. Or or even at, at very least provide some depth throughout the rest of the lineup because truly the Edmonton Oilers are the most top-heavy team in the National Hockey League. Uh, uh, yeah, just this trade really just points to more and more mistakes. It's really just Shirelli trying to cover his tracks, right? I mean, uh, next thing you know, he'll be trading Adam Larson. And I, I mean, he's been trying to trade Milan Lucic. I mean, there's been so many mistakes made by Peter Shirelli that, you know, this, this trade to me just takes us right to the Oilers conversation. Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, you, you got rid of Adam Larson. I mean, you brought in Adam Larson for Taylor Hall, who won a Hart Trophy. That looks terrible enough as it is. Yep. And then we start talking about the Eberle and Strom deal, and it's just nothing is really... It would be one up. thing if they got, all right, you know, we got to trade Taylor Hall. Okay. All, all, and we need a defenseman. The best defenseman that anyone's offering up is Adam Larson. Okay, there's our starting point. Now, okay, uh, a first-round draft pick. A second round draft? How about a second? Like, how was more not included in that deal? Yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, you look at some other trades that have happened over the course of the last couple years, and that just looks more and more like a head-scratcher. And especially now with him, like I said, winning the Hart Trophy, it's just it's even harder to comprehend why he just... He, like, I don't even think they were that desperate to, to move him. 
they just wanted change. Yeah, that was. They felt like, well, everybody here has been losing for so long; they need to go somewhere else. And and I understand that sentiment, but get rid of some of the guys that aren't that good that were causing you right. to lose. Taylor Hall was not the cause of your of your losing ways. No, and they needed guys to score goals, and he was one of those big goal scorers. Him and Eberle, and they got rid of both of them. Yeah. Yeah, like they didn't even keep one of them to score some goals. But I, and then I, but I think that initially people went, "Oh, see, it's working because they made the playoffs the year after it's they true. made that Taylor Hall deal." But since then, it's really all just imploded. Uh, now, Todd McClellan, to me, it's it would be a mercy firing if they fire him. You think so? I, I think so. You don't I think mean, he deserves to get fired? Do I think that this is his fault? No. Okay. Absolutely not. This is not his fault. Uh, maybe he's. Maybe he, this isn't the best fit for him. I mean, at this point, he's lost everybody. You know, you see Dreisaitl go back to the bench after scoring a goal and just puts his head right back down. And granted, it was a the second goal down six two, but yeah, uh, it's it's just not a good situation for him. But to me, this is like, all right, you can fire Todd McClellan. Who who are you going to bring in? Right, you're not bringing in Joel Quinville. He's not going to Edmonton. I don't. No, he's too busy taking shots, tailgating at Dude, the, the Bears that games. Video was <laughs> funny, taking that shot off the. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. Now, if you didn't see the video, just go look up Joel Quinville takes a shot, and you'll you'll uh, find it. Pretty good. Um, to me, yeah. All right, is it going to be tempting to go? Hey, you could coach the best player in the world. Yes, but the downside is you're going to have to live in Edmonton. And that's a tough sell. The downside is you're going to have to live in Edmonton. <laughs> so well said. And you're also, he just came from a situation where the top, like his players were paid a ton of money at the top and it forced them into a bad situation. The rest of the lineup, because they didn't take an approach that actually allowed them to, to win. I mean, they're, they're paying players at the wrong time though, in fairness, I guess in Chicago, uh, whereas McDavid's worth every penny. So oh, I guess absolutely. that's the difference. Yeah, and I'm, I I think Kane is definitely worth the $10 million he's making, too. I won't disagree yeah, with that. Yeah. Taves, not so much. Ta- Taves could be making seven, and it would be a lot better. Yeah, it absolutely. But, but I mean, so an, a, another big sticking point, too, if you're even if you're Joe Quinville or any other coach, I mean, you got a bunch of anchors on that bottom six where you're like, man, what do I do with these freaking guys that yeah. can't skate, can't score, can't play defense, and then... You don't even know if you're going to have a goal, a starting goaltender next year, because Cam Talbot. They haven't even talked about a contract extension with him yet, and he hasn't played good enough for me to be like, okay, they're definitely going to give him one. The situation went from it was. Remember how bad it was when Shirelli first came in, and they fired uh, Kevin Lowe, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a total cleaning house, and oh, we're going to do things differently now, and we're right back to where they started. Yeah, essentially. Of, again, once again, bad moves and. Poor draft choices, players that they drafted that just aren't making it. I mean, Yamamoto and Poyarvi both go down to the minors, and you look at the players that they had the option of drafting instead of those guys. They could have had defensemen that are now playing in the National Hockey League. They could have had Zach Wierenski. Like, there were options that they had, and uh, and they just chose to go other, other in other directions. And so, uh, yeah, to me, that Edmonton Oilers situation is... An easy fix, though. Easy. It is an easy fix. Okay. Please. Because to me, you look at the production that they're getting 
on their defense. And you go, okay, well, there's one simple way to fix it. You go the Ottawa route and you go, or Montreal route. You know, Montreal went, hey, Thomas, Thomas Placanic and Carl Alsner, we know, like, especially Alsner, hey, he's making four and a half million a year, I think is what, what he makes, or five and a half. Yeah, something like uh, that. They said, you're not playing. Placanic, you're not playing. You're not good enough. Even though Placanics had been there forever, uh, barring the little three month visit to Toronto. Uh, it just, to me, you just go, all right, you're playing like garbage. We're going to bring up somebody who isn't and go put them, put them on waivers, do whatever you need to do. Who cares? Because the production you're getting out of out of a, a guy from the minors isn't going to be much lower, or you just you know for now you put up with it, and then you either you buy people out or you just trade them. We got you got to think that coming up here and with this lockout that there's going to be some sort of buyout buyout. Yeah, and Milan Lucic is probably going to be one of them. And and there's your there's your solution. Yeah. So, but to me, this season is where you go. You need to. You know, whether it's like Todd McClellan, he's getting fired. There's almost zero doubt that he's getting fired. Um, yeah, that's it's sad to say that. Whether I really they, like him. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think he'll I mean he'll land on his feet. He'll go club oh, somewhere sure. else. Yeah. How successful he was in San Jose, I mean, any team with half a brain be like, Okay, we need this guy. Yeah, and okay, sorry. Oh, so you couldn't make it work with uh, the bad defense that you were dealt. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah, it's just a bad situation, but yeah, and I, I think, too, you know, like you said, just you got to kind of, I don't want to say hit the restart button because you don't have to do that when you have Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and that, And that's why I say it's easy because you do have such good players at the yeah. top that a few tweaks and you might be right back at it. Yeah. And, and a try, good goalie. Yeah, exactly. And I think now maybe trying to get some assets for guys that, um, you know, for example, like maybe you do go out and deal Adam Larson or... Um, you know, go trade off Cam Talbot. There's a lot of goaltender injuries right now, and maybe you find a team that's desperate enough to maybe give you a second, third round pick, and you try to go find some some faster skating guys who can maybe be ready in a couple years. So you're still in that dry cycle, McDavid Prime era. You know, before they, you know, sure. Turn maybe, maybe you just wait for Jeff Skinner to become a free agent and sign him to a nine and a half million dollar deal. Speaking of, does Buffalo give him that kind of money? No, absolutely not. No, you don't think so for a guy who's put up 13 goals already. It does. I mean, three, he's playing with Jack Eichel. I know, but he's got three thirty goal seasons to his name already, and he's I mean, probably going to get another one. He's had. He's been in the league for eight years, right? Seven Has it years. Been long? My goodness, it's been a while. I mean, he's about to be unrestricted, so he's twenty. He's twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty eight. He'll be twenty eight. Yeah, but I mean, so how many teams have like a Jack Eichel type player where you know you can play alongside him? Yes, of course. Yeah, and that's why I think that feels pretty. I, good. I think though, you. I mean. In any negotiation, you're not coming in with the number you're willing to take. You're coming in with a number higher than that, hoping you get it. So he says, I want $9.5 million. And they say, well, we'll give you six. And obviously, they'll come somewhere in the middle. And if he does sign in Buffalo, it'll be between seven and eight, is my guess. Seven and eight. Okay. Interesting. Unless, you know, eight and a half for five years or something like that, I guess you could get. But wouldn't you rather have seven for eight years? Yeah, probably. And it all again. This all this is going to just depend on the what happens with the salary or the uh, bargaining the CBA. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, Jeff is Jeff Skinner worth that money? No, and I don't think anybody out there is going to give it to him. But uh, one other thought I think that we had was oh the William Nylander situation. Yeah. Speaking of a guy who wants nine million or eight million. Uh, 
apparently the Leafs have given him their final offer. Their eight final years offer. at six point eight. Really? That is, I can't confirm that because I saw it on Twitter. Still sounds like a pretty reasonable uh, deal. Eight years at six point eight million, and I got to be honest. If I'm William Nylander and I'm looking that I'm looking at that deal, I'm probably saying no. No. I'm not signing for eight years at six point eight million because in eight years six point eight million is gonna be equivalent to four four and a half, five million right is right now. Sure. That's assuming that the cap, you know, cap ceiling keeps going up or the cap floor. And that, you know, obviously this next CBA that the owners, you know, get to keep or I'm sorry, that the players keep getting to, you know, up the cap and make more money. Yeah, I just, to me, you got you to gotta be thinking more in, in line of maybe a, fi- a five-year deal at 6-8. That seems to be a little bit more, re- or a six-year deal. But eight, eight years is a long time. I mean, that means you're selling, you're, you'd be selling UFA years in that, and you're giving away UFA years at, at a bargain. A huge bargain when when you're gonna see Mitch Marner sign for maybe ten. Yeah. Austin Matthews is gonna sign. He might sign for fourteen. I think he'll. Get, I think he'll get Connor McDavid money. So th- 12, twelve and a half. half. Yeah, twelve and a half. I, I mean, so. okay. So even if he gets twelve, you're you're looking at a guy who's making double your salary. Then yeah, at that point, just about pretty much, you know. Yeah, so. which is hard to. And and you're not that far off terms in in terms of production either. So, exactly. You know, it's exactly. Yeah, I get I get that argument for sure. Um, but I get I get the Maple Leaf side of it too because how can you afford to keep all these guys if you're handing out ten million dollars? I mean, I also get candy. the whole like, hey, I mean, we don't have to. You you basically have to do what we tell you to do. We don't we yeah. don't have to have you. They did Look, say they were okay with them sitting for the, the rest Leafs of the year. are fourteen and six. They're, <laughs> they're not hurting without them. No, I mean they're the only team in the league without a. Without an OT loss, and they're still, you know, they're what third in the league, and uh, the only reason why they're not first is because they lost all six of those games in regulation instead of one of them in overtime, like Tampa and Nashville. So, I mean, they're they are they are neck and neck with those two teams. And the funny um, part is, is they're doing it on the road. They're not doing it at home either. A nine and one record on yeah. the road. So they five their, and five at home. They get their act together at home, and that's pretty scary. Yeah, well, we'll see if they can beat Columbus tonight. But yeah, and the fact that they are scoring so many goals—I think they're averaging like four and a half goals a game on the road. That's it's crazy. That's madness. Uh, and I mean, going to California, sweeping all those games, winning—I winning, think they swept their California series for the first time since 1985. Really? So 23 years huh. that they finally swept that series, and. I mean, you do the the back to back nights. That third night and four, the third game in four nights, they go into Anaheim and they manage to scrape one out. I mean, they've won all different ways. They've blown people out. They can win those close games. They win every time they go to overtime. Oh, that's true. So they're unstoppable in overtime. Marner and Tavares, those guys look. I, I, I want to see good. the Oilers and the Leafs play each other and it go to overtime just so we can see Marner and Tavares against McDavid and Drysaddle at the same time. That would be fun. That's, that would be that fun. would be fun. Well, shall we? Let's just for a moment take a look at the the, the Eastern Conference standings in particular. Please, there's a couple things to note. The Pittsburgh Penguins are last place in the Eastern Conference, and 
I'll be honest, I don't have them in last place in my preseason rankings. <laughs> I think I almost had this whole entire division almost flip-flopped a little bit. I mean, if you think about it, like the Islanders and Rangers are near the top. I had them at the yeah. complete bottom of the East. Um, you know, like we said, Pittsburgh at the very bottom of that division. I had them close to the top. So it's it's really strange. I don't, I don't know what to make of that. And I mean, the fact you're giving up six goals to the Ottawa freaking Senators. They're they're scoring goals on everybody though right now. They are, which is just crazy. It just it seems it just seems so backwards right now. Uh, it's not like the Penguins aren't scoring. I mean, they have you know they have eighteen goals in sixty games. They're scoring more than three goals a game. Granted, they're giving up more than three goals a game, but I mean, yeah, they just it, it's it's been a weird situation in in Pittsburgh. Not not to mention that now Sidney Crosby's hurt, and so that. And but in the past we've seen Crosby get hurt, and Evgeny Malkin has been very good when Crosby's hurt, and uh, Malkin doesn't look as good this year as maybe he did in the past. I don't know. Have you have you been have you noticed anything about Malkin that, that seems like he may be off or no? I, the whole entire team just seems off to me, and I don't know if it's so much that they're trying to you know because like one thing I noticed they they, they have a bunch of injuries on back on the 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 D and. Um, you know, they got a few new guys back there, guys that aren't playing so well, yada, yada, yada. And in the past, it's never really been an issue when they have to deal with injuries or, you know, guys that really are playing above and beyond where they should be in the sure. lineup. But yeah, that whole entire team just, just feels just feels off. They look like they're off a little bit. And I and mean, Kessel looks like he's, he's yeah. just not, he's not shooting with the same kind of confidence that, that he has in the past. I, some of the games that I've been watching, him on the power plays, throwing pucks wide a little, a little more, and yeah, just is. I mean, what what is the explanation though for these few team, three teams at the top? I mean, uh, the Islanders and the Rangers at the top of that division, and just really everyone else in that division playing below five hundred hockey. What is the defi- What is the explanation for these teams that we've grown to see play quite well? Uh, just falling off the map so quick. I mean, is this something that we're just going to, at the end of the year, this is all, by the end of the year, this is all going to correct itself? Or is this something different? I don't know at this point if it's that, if it's going to be that different by the end of the year. I do think, you know, the standings obviously are going to correct themselves a little bit, but not in the sense where like you think, okay, Pittsburgh, Washington, they'll be back up at the top of that, that division, you know, yada, yada, yada. And Columbus and the Islanders might be back down towards the middle bottom where they belong. But I think it has a lot to do with the fact that teams like, you know, the Rangers and Islanders, they weren't expected to do much this year. And I think when you, you kind of don't have that pressure or the mentality, like, oh, you know, we got to go out and perform every night. You just go out and you have fun and there's no pressure on you. And I think, you know, we, you know, we've seen that in the past with a lot of teams like the devils and the abs the year before and they just start out hot but see the yeah. thing we we both last year when we were watching those teams you thought okay they're gonna stop catching people by surprise and their talent level is is still like on paper they still are the team that they are and so it's gonna catch up with them but to me like the new jersey devils they had quite a few quite a few players that we really hadn't seen much. Right. You know, like a, a Jesper Bratt and a Will Butcher. And yeah. Guys Nico that, Heischer. that yeah. came in as rookies that year or second year players. And they really took, took the next step. And so that to me was more like, okay, well these players were obviously underrated 
and probably because it was New Jersey and same with Colorado, probably because it was Colorado, we just didn't hear about them as much. And so away they come, you know, and they're moving up the lineup that way. Uh, but this just feels different because the Rangers, it's not exactly like they have a whole bunch of these really young players coming up and, and they're just outperforming everybody. Like a, like Elias Peterson comes into Vancouver. We all knew he'd be good. But he really has taken that team to a, a new competitive level almost by himself. And so we know we can point to Vancouver, even though Vancouver has uh, has slumped as of late going 4-4-2. Four, four, and two. They've lost four in a row now. Uh, they're third in that division now, but and they're just letting in every goal. Uh, but we can look at them, and we know why they had success. We also know why they're also coming back down to earth because it's really hard for one guy to bring you to the top yeah that's i mean that's that's very true i think um i think another reason too why you see you know teams like washington and pittsburgh struggle so much in that division is i don't think they're playing with they're like the st louis blues they're not playing with a lot of confidence mm-hmm. and when you got matt murray playing horrible hope he's not playing to where he should be you know you jake you, allen's playing terrible yeah you you almost sit back and you're afraid to you know take chances you're afraid to go in and you know on d you're afraid to carry the puck up you just kind of walk up to the red line and dump it in and then just take a step back to Hmm. play it safe and you know i think we're you know a lot of teams thrive off the rush you know especially a team like you know washington they're just they're not able to do that because they're just they're not so confident back there on d anymore you know with their goaltending situation i guess but um Hmm. yeah that's an interesting take yeah that if you're if you're worried about your your goaltender yeah, you're not going to take chances as often. No, we haven't seen John Carlson performing the way that he was last year, where he was practically a point per game defenseman. Yeah, and I, he's been okay, but I mean, the rest of that D though, you know, is just is is really struggled. So I, I don't I don't want to point the finger at him, but and then now you know no, Washington sir. has to deal with, uh, you know, Oshie's out, Kuznetsov. I think just got Kuznetsov. Injured. Yeah. So, you know, there yeah. now you got those, there's, and, and there's just been a weird amount of injuries across the league and it's it's not like it's third third fourth line guys going down this is your these teams top players all all going down i think it's like every team in the metro division has some significant player yeah i mean could you imagine edmonton right now if Connor mcdavid went down for even just a few weeks like where they would be it'd be brutal yeah and i'm interested to see now tampa bay speaking of top players vasileski's going to be out four to six weeks now yes well you know they're atop that division you know holding back toronto and uh now the hot streaking buffalo sabers uh how long that's gonna last you know do you have a lot of confidence in louis Deming to hold it off i mean they got the firepower to score goals but you know can they keep it yeah, i mean they that? beat philadelphia 6-5 in their last game so that right you know yeah when you have the ability to score lots of goals it certainly i think can give confidence to a backup goaltender because they know oh well, if i let in a goal or two it's probably not the end of the world right. here uh but yeah it's going to change the way they play it has to uh, and especially because over the course of four to six weeks, it's not going to just be, uh, it's not just going to be their backup guy. You're going to be playing your third string. And what happens if one ha- something happens to one of them? And so, yeah, it all gets real messy when your top guy gets hurt and you don't really have a solid number two to, to step in there. It's Louis Domingue to me. As he has been in a situation similar because he backed up Mike Smith mm-hmm. and Mike Smith went down on a regular a basis. But Louis Domingue has proven that he is a an under average goaltender when given too much 
responsibility. Yeah, we'll see how that works out for him. And speaking of Mike Smith now, too, he's lost his starting job in Calgary. Yes, and Calgary's doing very well because of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the kid, Richard, Rich? Yeah. Rich, I don't know how you pronounce that last name. I'm really bad with names, by the way. I noticed that. Uh, yeah, he's been playing just lights out stats right now. I think, I mean, he's just, he's carrying that team a lot of nights for sure. Um, and they're starting to they're starting to put up some goals too, so that doesn't hurt much when you can when you can score and stop the puck. So why not? Yeah, can we? Uh, I mean, James Neal three goals in twenty games. That that number wow. will go up. Yeah, and that's why right now he's still on the third line. You know, maybe that goes up a little bit, but at that point too, I think even if that goes up, I still leave him on the third line because the top two lines are playing pretty good. Froden looks good. Uh, Monahan and Goudreau still look amazing. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, it helps when you have that continuity with that top line. It just right. Uh, I will. Uh, here's my one explanation for the New York Islanders. Okay, the New York Islanders last year were better than this team. Better, and this year there's none of this. Oh, is Tavares going to get traded? Oh, hey, how do you feel about the fact that he hasn't signed yet? And this is the whole entire narrative of their whole entire season is all about John Tavares. Everything's about John Tavares. And when I say they were a better team, I just mean talent-wise, they were a better team. Oh, of course. With John Tavares, they were a better team. But they couldn't put it all together on the ice. Their offense was great, but overall, the team structurally didn't play well. So you bring in a new coach. Practically the same personnel. Yeah, minus John Tavares, and you add in a bunch of guys who are not exactly possession drivers. You know, Leo Komarov and a, a Valtteri Filppula, and these guys. And so these aren't different. These are not difference makers on a team. And so you bring these guys to plug in holes. And Barry Trotz is a great hole plugger. And uh, <laughs> he, oh God, why did I say that? Uh, and so the. Uh, the Islanders now are playing with, you said it, no pressure, but also they're playing with no distractions. And so now suddenly guys like a Brock Nelson, like an Anders Lee, there isn't this like, well, what what's going to happen to you if you lose your line mate? They're just in it now, and they're just playing hockey. And there's not a lot of questions about who's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. And so I think that because of that, and, and we're also seeing Thomas Grice playing out of his mind. And all those things... I mean, you get good goaltending, and it makes you look like a great coach. Wow, that was that was loud. That's uh, my scheduler telling me that the Maple Leafs game is starting in that's 15 fantastic. minutes. So. By the way, Valtteri Filippo has 12 points. Everlay only has 10 points through 19 games, which is kind of impressive, actually. Yeah, I mean, Valtteri Filippo has found a nice little spot there in the island, but again, he's he is not a difference maker no, in, in and of himself. Yeah, exactly. He's 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 a hole plugger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a third line guy, supposed to kill some penalties, and that's what you want. You want thirty points out of him if you can get that. Which is, can, can I just say this, please? That Barry Trotz loves to plug holes with Valtteri Filppula. <laughs> I hope that's is the that? show's title, Hole Pluggers. <laughs> you, yep, that's why the episode right. name is Hole Pluggers. All right. Yes, plugging. Actually, I think it'll be plugging holes. Perfect. Plugging holes? Yeah. Wow. Barry Trotz plugs all the holes. No. Yeah. It'll be something like that, but you'll know because you'll you'll have seen the episode title at this It'll point. Catch but. your eye. Um, anything else that you, you've noticed uh, in terms of just maybe not even in the standings, but just the way teams are playing right now or uh, anything you want to point out? Uh, I mean, I, 
I, I put it up on Twitter today, and it's kind of it's weird when you think about it. But you know, the hottest two teams in the last ten games: the Red Wings at eight and two, Rangers at um, you know seven three and zero. Oh, and uh, I, I look at you know teams that are streaking right now that maybe are playing above and beyond where they should be. Um, I'm interested to see when these teams come back down to earth. For instance, you know Montreal as well. They're six three and one their last ten. Buffalo six two and one. I, I figured Buffalo was going to be a bubble team, but they've surpassed Boston. Montreal's making a case for the playoffs right now. They're playing way far and above and beyond where I thought they well, Max would Max Domi is having he he's had the best start for I think it's like a Montreal center since like the the forty no since like the earth, the twenties or something like that. I think yeah, I saw. It's crazy. There's a bunch of guys in this league that are playing just having outrageously good starts, and I I think I even saw. Speaking of Twitter, I, I saw this on Twitter where they you know I think it was. NHL.com was asking, you know, which guy with the hottest start is going to come back down to earth the quickest. And I think they were like Thomas Shabbat, Max Domi, Timo Meyer. And you look at some guys that, you know, again, are playing much better than anybody would have guessed. And um, yeah, he's one of them. And it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, like you said, they just sort of Montreal did it in a way where they just said, OK, well, you're old, you're slow. We're just going to scrap you regardless what we think. Thomas Placanic ended up retiring because of it. I think he's going to go try to play a couple years in Europe. But, yeah, he's, he's going to uh, play for Yager's team. Is it? Oh, yeah. goodness. That's too funny. Um, yeah, so, I mean, just throw the young kids out because it can't get much worse, and it's paying off for Montreal real well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at Detroit and their schedule. They lost to the Lightning by a 2-1 to one on the 26th of October. Since then, they beat Dallas 4-2, Columbus 5-3, and then the Devils 4-3, Edmonton 4 Edmonton beats Detroit 4-3, and then Detroit beats Vancouver 3-2, the Rangers 3-2, Carolina 4-3, they smoke the Coyotes 6-1, they they lose by a goal to Ottawa 2-1, and then they beat the Devils 3-2 in overtime. And so they have been in very close games. That, to me, I think that as a, you know, you I think, you know, you're, you're a Red Wings fan, so you know that the, the rest of this season... They're still probably, they're not going to make the playoffs. No, I mean no. they're they're on this tear and they're still seventh in their division. So I mean this team isn't a playoff team, but these games have been enjoyable to watch because they're close. Sure, the Wings are doing a much better job at playing structurally sound, and they're keeping it close. And that is, and and it's not even like every game is two to one. I mean they they're they're putting up some some goals I mean, yeah. even if they're allowing three or four they're managing to score three or four so they're uh, yeah they're, they're they seem to be getting production throughout their lineup as well although it does hurt that poor darren helm oh out, that I think, was, was six to eight weeks or something like that it's a long time poor man that guy just can't catch a break I mean, like every year he has some so or every other year has a pretty major injury and he really does uh, it's it's tragic because I like him. He's a nice guy. I mean, he's he's overpaid for what he does, but still a nice guy. It's not his fault. No, not his fault at all. If someone <laughs> handed me that contract, I'd be like, okay, sure, where wherever you want me to sign. So yeah, exactly. But they got they got a big game coming up here though on Wednesday against Boston. That be a real good test because um, yeah, these next five games you're going to take on Boston, mm-hmm. and as as much as Washington has struggled, they've still been fine. You're going to play Washington, and you're going to go play Buffalo, and then Columbus again, who is going to definitely remember that they lost 5-3 right. a month ago. <laughs> uh, and then the St. Louis Blues, who, yes, they've struggled, but they're they're no slouch. Might have a new coach by then, too. <laughs> Very true. And then you're playing Boston again, mm-hmm. and then it's Colorado, Tampa Bay, Toronto, New York Islanders. 
Yeah, they're not getting a break anytime soon. So it's so the real Red Wings will show up. I think at this point we'll find out if they're really going to contend for a bubble spot or yeah, if they're yeah. going to be a bottom feeder. Yeah, I mean if you can go in and you can you can push some of these games to overtime, that's that's really you know I think I think what you're trying to do right now. Uh, I will point out one other team, and that is the Minnesota Wild, who have lost two in a row. I think I said that I thought they'd come back down to earth. Mm-hmm. They do lose to Detroit. Or was it Detroit? No, no, no. Oh, no, Chicago. I'm sorry. Yeah. Chicago. And uh, yeah, Minnesota to me, I I have all along felt like they've been overproducing and uh, they've been getting really good goaltending from Devin Dubnik. And so I, I think that this is going to come back down to earth a little bit. I don't think they're going to get the same production uh, in terms of goal scoring, I think goaltending is always going to be fine. Oh, you yeah. know they're they're going to be good with Devin Dubnik. I, I don't necessarily think that they're not a playoff team, but I, I think they're going to fall down these standings a little bit. Uh, Winnipeg has played three less games than them. They've got three games in hand and they're a couple points back. So, and Colorado, it's so it's funny that in a year how much your perception changes of a team. Colorado mm-hmm. sitting fifth in that division, and you're like, what? What's happening to you? Uh, but they're going to figure out their their goaltending. I think here yeah. soon we'll 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 see a little bit of that. I do, and I I, I think too you're you're still going to see five teams come out of that division anyway. Sort of playoffs at this point, as bad as the Pacific's been, um, I still think you're going to yeah yeah exactly because every single team in that division five and up would be in a playoff spot in that division. So yeah, and I mean, and for for a team like Minnesota too, that's kind of struggling coming back to earth i think a little bit more you look at the teams right below them winnipeg dallas colorado those are teams getting hot at the right time dallas now that yep. radulov's back is playing phenomenal and radulov is playing phenomenal yeah their yeah. goaltending's hot right now um you know bishop has just been solid to me all year long and so if they can figure out maybe a little bit more depth scoring in there they're gonna just they're gonna continue to push for a top three spot in that division and you know of course nashville and winnipeg are gonna be there so where's that leave minnesota right, again right. i think they'll come back down to earth bubble team wild card maybe yeah. when, when all is said and done okay well uh i'm i'm good good show like i've got everything off my chest yeah, including well, asking you to be a say, so that's all that really matters pretty good. Show, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh yeah that's i i wonder how many people have done that in a podcast that's gotten that in like some sort of like you know um you know, entertainment type right, right, venue. Right. It's gotta be rare. Yeah. I've got to be the first. No, gotta be the first. Okay, well that's our that's our show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh you can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk and uh we hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving if you're an American and you're celebrating this Thursday. Enjoy the NHL not playing womp womp. The Thanksgiving game is it, on Black Friday. There <laughs> NHL.com is advertising a Thanksgiving game. Oh, what was it? A marquee Thanksgiving something or other? Flyers and Rangers. Oh, Thanksgiving showdown. And it's on Friday. I smacked my head when I saw that. C- come on. Just have a I, I want I want so badly for the NHL to have games on Christmas and Thanksgiving and be like, you know what? Screw like screw the NFL. You know, screw the NBA because the NBA plays everything on Christmas. We're gonna we're gonna play too, yeah. And I, and it, people will watch the games, especially if you just make it. Just put Canadian teams on. Oh, for sure, people and will watch. Now, now Thanksgiving, you can't put games during the day that are Canadian because people are at work. Right, right. So, but I still think that people would 
someone, especially Christmas, I guess I understand Thanksgiving. I think you could have a Canadian team play Thursday night and it would be fine. Like, I don't know why they don't have a couple of Canadian teams yeah. play. I would, I would love to be able to watch hockey Thanksgiving because I have no work the next, you know, well, right now I don't have much of anything because, <laughs> uh, but normally I have no work the next day, you know? And so it's a night where you can watch a bunch of hockey, mm-hmm. but especially Christmas day where I'm like, I have nothing to do. And you know what? I understand the the three day day off thing for the NHL players and all this. Uh, just say, hey, at some point we will give you a Christmas holiday, whether that is 22, 23, 24, 24, 25, 26, 25, 26, 27. Well, look, you know, even you, if you have one team play on Christmas or two teams play on Christmas and two teams play on Thanksgiving, you still, I mean, if you think about the odds of that, you one at once every seven years you have right, to play on one right. of those holidays and I, that's it i would i would rather if the nhl said no we're not going to do thanksgiving christmas though i think they could do christmas and you could have a game at one four seven wow and you have six so teams play and you just rotate who plays okay so once every five years you got to play on christmas yeah, exactly Big whoop who cares and yeah i mean sure is chicago gonna play almost every year yeah, because the NHL always makes Chicago play those games. They do. Maybe the NHL cuts them a little bonus or something, you know. Right. Say, uh, here's a thousand bucks. Go. Well, uh, I don't know. You just you still give them Christmas holiday. You just say, all right, well, if you have to play on Christmas, then you won't play on three other days, like these other three days or something. I, I think you could make it work and it would be they fine. They play New Year's Eve games. I don't see them complaining about that, but I don't know. Whatever. It was because some kids... Some player's kid, wrote, kid. Yeah. It was, I think, I feel like it was, what was it, Gary Roberts or like Brian McCabe or something like that? It wrote Gary Bettman something. It was like, I want my dad home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's like, kid, your dad makes $5 million a year. All right. Right. He's he here can, to entertain me. Do you know how many, <laughs> do you know how many people have to work on certain holidays and they don't, they don't make that kind of money, but also they don't get, some other time off on another day. They just work that day because that's, you know, the that's when they work. Yeah, you know what? Okay, so my company, they give our corporate offices, right? They give them Black Friday off. We get Christmas Eve off as part of our holiday paid yeah, days off, right? Day off, yeah. But because I work in payroll, I have to rotate with other people in my payroll division to work one of those holidays because someone's got to make sure payroll goes through, people get paid, yada, 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 uh, right? And which isn't that big of a deal to me because again, but... What if my girlfriend wrote wrote my boss, the CEO of my company, a note and said, "Please let my boyfriend work or come home on Christmas Eve." I, that I wouldn't could, happen. I could a, actually see Kirsten doing that. She probably could. Yeah, <laughs> she would sing them a song. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Then they would do it. Then they would. If she sang Absolutely. them a song. Yeah. She's yeah. A really good singer. Thank if you. I've never heard her before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She I wasn't. Is. I wasn't complimenting you. Have you? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen her? Her video singing that song from uh, Greatest Showman. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's phenomenal. You she's, showed it to me. She's crazy good. Yeah. I did, didn't I? Well, I hey, we'll have to we'll put that in the uh in the link in the description <laughs> to her video so that you can watch it so that you can go, Oh, I'm uh lusting after Justin's girlfriend now. Wow. Wow. Lusting. That's ah. a good word. Just like plugging holes. <laughs> okay, that's Silver Time Hockey Talk. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good Thanksgiving.